as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Need to cover some election news right now. Hilda Salinas is our Hidalgo County Elections Administrator. Hilda, thank you for joining us. So, again, quick recap, locations, and times for today. We do have 22 polling locations open throughout Hidalgo County. Polling locations will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. today. Top of mind, Hilda. Again, for, for folks that are just finding out, hey, there's an election going on. What are the entities you're helping? Who are the entities you're, you're helping uh, for this election you're contracted with? Yes, we are administering nine elections. Uh, McAllen ISD, Sherryland ISD, City of Bolton, La Villa, Mercedes, Benitas, San Juan, and we also have a drainage district special election. City of McAllen conducting their own election, right? The city. Yes, they are. 10-4. Mm-hmm. All right, so check out the Hidalgo County website for that. Remy Garza is our elections administrator. The cities and entities that have contracted with you, Remy. We've got the city of Brownsville, uh, the Hardington CISD, uh, the San Benito CISD, the city of San Benito, the Port Isabel San Benito Navigation District, the Point Isabel Independent School District, the Hondo Independent School District, the Combs, uh, the Santa Rosa CISD, Los Indios, uh, so we've got the area uh, as well as the city. So we've got uh, elections happening from one side of Cameron County to the other. Okay, 10-4. That's Remy Garza, Cameron County Elections Administrator. Also joined by Hilda Salinas, the Hidalgo County Elections Administrator. Hilda, Tim Sullivan here. How's turnout been so far? Well, uh, so far we have had 8,383 people vote in person, which is 2% of our voter registration. Uh, we do have 415,000 voters registered throughout Hidalgo County, so we encourage everybody, everybody to head to the polls and vote today. So we encourage uh, everyone to take advantage and get out and vote. Yeah, 2%. That's, that's extremely low. Um, even for our area. Um, it sure would be nice to get it into double digits. Uh, can you compare it to uh, the last uh, municipal school district election? Well, um, last election, we did have a special constitutional election, so the numbers would be a little bit different. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. But, uh, I mean, we, I know that there's a lot of, of races that are on the ballot. You know, there's a mayor, there's bond uh, elections, uh, propositions. Uh, we encourage voters to be informed. Visit our website at www.hidalgocounty.us forward slash elections and, and make it out to the polls. Yeah. Remy, uh, same question for you. How has turnout been in Cameron County? Well, we're still seeing much lower numbers than we expected and, and lower numbers than we've seen uh, in most recent elections, as well as the last group that looked like this, this set of ballots for these entities from 2019. 
uh, we're close to, you know, almost only 60% of what that old turnout was. So we've got less than, than 10,000 people who have cast ballots so far uh, that are eligible in this election. So we're at, we're at close to that 4 to 5% of the turnout at this mm. point. So hopefully we're going to have a very, very busy election day uh, to bring up those numbers or yeah. else we're going to see a low turnout. Yeah, you would think uh, with the Brownsville mayoral election that might draw a few more voters, but uh, we'll see. Remy Garza from Cameron County, Hilda Salinas from Hidalgo County joining us. Saturday, May 6th, day of election. Rules change? I know they will in Cameron County. So what happens election day, May 6th, in Cameron County, if folks want to vote in the various elections that you're helping out with, Remy, what do they need to remember? Where do they go? They need to remember that they have to go to their voting precinct. Um, you need to check uh, our website to see where your ballots are going to be. Uh, we're not like Hidalgo County with the countywide voting. You have to go to your specific uh, election precinct. And there's some consolidation since our last major election. So not everybody will be going to the exact same polling place that they did back uh, in November or back even in 2022, May. Uh, so please check our website at CameronVotes.com to find your polling place or call us. CameronVotes.com. CameronVotes.com for the day of election on May 6th. Again, check uh, your location because you need, you need to go to your specific uh, precinct location for that. Uh, what is um, identical, I would imagine, would be the documents and things like that you need to take with you. Isla Salinas, uh, Hidalgo County, again, for Election Day on Saturday. Tell me about the locations, the and also the documentation that, that we need for, for Saturday. Um, here in Hidalgo County, we do have a 33 Election Day polling locations that will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and then, of course, they're located throughout Hidalgo County. We do offer the countywide polling place program. So that means that you can vote at any polling location. Uh, if you reside in, in FAR, but then you find yourself in Edinburgh, you can vote at your nearest polling location here in Edinburgh. Your ballot will be there. Uh, before you head to the polls, just make sure that you do have your ID, which is uh, either a Texas driver's license, personal ID card, Texas handgun license, U.S. passport. And uh, there's, there are some others. Visit our website at www hidalgocounty.us forward slash elections to find out. And if you do not reasonably possess one of those, you can use other forms as well. All right. Final thought, Remy, from Cameron County Elections. Final thought before I let you go. Well, we hope that you uh, take the time to go to the polls before you go around the rest of your day. Yeah, 10-4. Yeah, okay. Check the voting locations, the precinct locations. Website one more time, Remy, for Cameron County. CameronVotes.com. Hilda, final thought from you, Hidalgo County, before I let you go. Yes, head out to the polls. We are there, and your ballot will be there. And also visit our website. Thanks. Thank you so much. Both of you, you and your hardworking people at your departments, always being just one phone call away and providing us all the information that we need. Again, and join us on News Talk 710-KURV at 7 p.m. We'll flip the switch and try to give you a play-by-play report on some of the election results. Election coverage on News Talk 710-KURV Saturday night at 7 p.m.
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710 KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. Our National Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz tweeted just a couple days back, 22,000 illegal crossings. I'm guessing most of that would be southwest border. Over a 72-hour period, looks like the illegal crossings are, are ramping up. And for a look at these numbers, other numbers, other situations they're facing. Frontline Border Patrol Chris Cabrera is with the Border Patrol Union. Chris, welcome back to the program. There was a congressional leader I bumped into Um, A couple of days ago, as well, was in town, mentioned that the final two weeks of April, the final two weeks of April, with the daily incursions of over a thousand people crossing the border, that Brownsville alone saw over 20,000 illegal crossings the final two weeks of of April. What more can you tell me as far as this increase in, in numbers? And I'm guessing it's all related to the to the end of Title 42, this health policy on May 11th. Yeah, it's all related. Um, you know, we, we haven't even hit the, the the bad part yet, which comes next week. Um, our, our numbers now here in the Rio Grande Valley are, are surpassing uh, that, that Haitian crisis we had uh, a little while back out in Del Rio. So we're getting busier, but Del Rio's still getting hit. Uh, San Diego's seeing some traffic. El Paso's getting hit very heavily also. So it, it's starting to spread out across the border, and as I'm sure you've seen, uh, uh, Florida area is getting hit pretty good, and the northern border is getting some uh, some people as well. Raul Ortiz, our national chief, saying that they were going to ramp up some new system. Of, the Valley was going to be the, the lead on this, where they would fire up, warm up some planes, and send more people out of town under Title what is it, Title 8 to that other other system yes so is can you confirm that you're handing over to ice and they're flying more people out of town or what's going on on the ground yeah you know we're we're flying people to different parts of the country to yuma to san diego to process um it it just seems like kind of a waste if if you think about it because you know we're welcoming more people in just to spend more money flying them around the country just to release them into the country uh as opposed to uh, a, a strong deterrence um, so people don't come in, you know, for, for instance, in Brownsville, um, there was this, uh, spot where everybody was crossing huge, huge spot. Uh, so there's some wire up and for some reason, I don't know who, who made the call, but the city went in there and, and laid down some caliche, removed that barbed wire and made a road, made a road, little, little, nice little path right up the way for, for everybody to, uh, walk up and, and come on into the country. Um, and I guess the, the reason being is, well, they're going to cross somewhere. Might as well let them get in here and, and get situated. 
Uh, well, you might as well just lay a red carpet out because now you just beckon more people to come in, and they're gonna they're gonna flood in quicker. Chris Cabrera is with the Border Patrol office, and of course, still working Border Patrol here in, in South Texas. The city of Brownsville and the city of uh, Laredo, El Paso, as well, all making emergency declarations. I guess they're looking for compensation for some of the resources that they've placed on the ground, like. Uh, some tents and toilets and other other um, tools, I guess, or resources they're using in order to help these folks clean up. And then most of them, I mean, if it's tens of thousands of people over several weeks, uh, obviously they're not staying here. We would see the presence of these folks. These are folks who are all being sent by bus or by plane inland. Or how many have been or could have been returned or or any of them being returned? What do you know? Well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, for the last year or so, they, they've made a big show about Title 42 still being in play. Um, but I think here recently the numbers are coming out between only 30 and 40 percent of those uh, apprehended by us are, are getting returned to Mexico under Title 42. So the vast majority are getting released into the country. Um, right now, obviously, we, you know, we're, we're just barely above, our heads are just barely above water here. But if this thing gets really bad, I mean, we're not going to be able to get planes and buses in here quick enough to release people. So they're just going to have to be released into the community. Is there, you any- know, you know, Sergio, the, the scary part is, sorry to interrupt is, you know, we got the entire state of Texas working on this with DPS. We got Border Patrol working on it. We got the, uh, 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 what is it, game, right? the game wardens of uh, Fish and Wildlife. Mm-hmm. We have National Guard. We have municipalities all over the place. Um, and we can't even keep up with the people turning themselves in what does that say for the ones that are trying to get away and the drugs coming into this country i mean if we can't keep up with the ones that are giving up what about the rest is there any way to gauge how many folks are staging in matamoros or reynosa is there any way to figure out how many thousands might be there thinking that they'll be able to cross the border um, may 11th or may 12th after title 42 and and game it and chance it stay in the country. Uh, is there any way to gauge how many people are coming in and and, and setting up south of uh, south of the river here? You know, I, I heard that there are some intel reports out there. I, I know Juarez for one has well over thirty five thousand marshaling on their side. Um, I, I know Matamoros has a huge number. I think they're going to take over as the new McAllen out there. Um, a huge number marshaling over on their side somewhere in the close to 20,000 and who knows even knows about Reynosa because you know Reynosa gets uh, pretty busy as well so I know there's there's thousands already staging and probably thousands upon thousands more headed north. Chris Cabrera with National Border Patrol joining us. Chief Raul Ortiz was in the studio a few days back and said that they were going to set up this new system for folks who wanted to seek asylum that they would be that case would be decided initially by someone on the ground real quick, maybe go to a Border Patrol station or some other setup, some other tent, and go in front of a television and make an argument. And if that someone said no, then they would be put on a plane back to their country of origin if allowed to go back to a country of origin. Like, for example, we can't send them back to Cuba, for example, but other countries, they would send them back to. Where is that operation being set up? Is that up and running? What do you know? You know, we haven't heard that it's up and running yet, and, and I'm glad that it's finally getting done. We've been calling for this for probably about 
uh, two years now. We've been trying to get the uh, asylum officers on the front end of this. Hopefully now with uh, with Chief Ortiz putting it in place. And, and don't get me wrong, I know Chief Ortiz got his hands tied. I mean, there's only so much he can do when when you got the uh, the top dogs above him uh, kind of holding him back. So uh, I think he's doing the best he can with what he has. Um, but I'm glad it's finally getting put in place, and they're finally starting to see that there's a okay. problem with this asylum system. And again, McAllen RGV sector will be, according to Chief Ortiz, will be the first sector that implements this new rule. They folks cross illegally; they will not be sent into the country. They'll get an initial hearing if they ask for asylum, and chances are that maybe the majority will be told no, and they'll be sent back to country of origin almost immediately, which means that, that sounds to me like a lot of traffic at the local airport. You say that you don't see any evidence of that up and running. Are we waiting till after May 11th, May 12th to get that up and running? What do you think? You know, I think I, I haven't heard that it's up and running yet. It may be. I, I know they're doing some some uh, pilot, not pilot programs, but some, some training. So I would think probably right before the 11th kicks off, maybe – you know, next week's early next week sometime they'll, they'll start it up and that way it's in place for when it when uh when it really hits the fan. All right. Chris, thank you for the update. Obviously we'll be calling you back plenty over the next several days. That's Chris Cabrera with the National Border Patrol Union. Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. We mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710-KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. Over the past several weeks, we have seen a huge spike in illegal crossings at the U.S.-Mexican border. Our city of Brownsville is one of the focal points and one of the favorite sites of late for some of these illegal immigrants, and with the end of Title 42 around the corner, we have plenty of border communities, Laredo, El Paso, also Brownsville. we got local leadership declaring an emergency. Helen Domitis is our city manager in Brownsville, and I know they've given a lot of thought into how to best prepare for this and put some resources on the ground, cooperate with federal authorities. Helen, thank you again for joining us on KURV. When Brownsville uh, declared a, a state of emergency, what does that mean? How, how do you prepare for something like this? Because we're expecting a, a larger influx of, of humanity after Title 42, May 11th. Um, we're still in 40, in, during the time of Title 42. Um, what we did is we received a call from Border Patrol uh, that they, Chief Chavez identified that there was more crossings than they had anticipated and they were seeing a substantial increase. Uh, we have been running a very smooth operation with between, um, I don't know if you're aware, but the city of Brownsville has one of the largest transit stations in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and so 
uh, we have a very smooth and effective, and also we have a, a, an airport. So we do have a smooth and an effective transition for, for many uh, immigrants that, uh, that, that cross. However, um, she did see a surge and requested assistance uh, from the city. Uh, fortunately, they were crossing along a, a large property that the city owns, and we were lucky enough to be able to, to uh, create a staging area there you know at, at first it was it was not of course you know you had to clear um some of some brush area however um, what the disaster declaration did we have historically received funding from fema um not no mostly related to COVID. however uh we felt we needed additional resources and that's when we issued a disaster declaration um on that thursday April 27th. Mm-hmm. And what that allows us is for to be more, uh, be able to tap into resources where we know we were going to get reimbursed. Um, for example, tarps and, um, you know, uh, water machines and uh, porta potties and just, you know, that, you know, I'll tell you one thing I was there Thursday evening, Friday, all weekend and I just thank uh, the city for, you know, city staff, uh, our, our PUB, uh, Los Indios PD, Los Fresos, Rancho Viejo, FAR EMS. Everyone's been very um, supportive of the city, understanding that, you know, in the past, McAllen had it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as you know, there's been times where McAllen has had it worse or other er- cities have had it worse. Uh, um, and so... You know, it's 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 shifted this way. Uh, it couldn't have shifted in a better location where they are staged because the city uh, owns that property. We're able to stage better, and you know, and really, their destination isn't Brownsville. It is with their sponsors or with their families. And so, once they get processed, um, if they if they're allowed to go, they may get you know uh, returned to their country. Um, or if there's a path forward legally, then they would go that path. But really, uh, many of the migrants that we've assisted, um, it is to transition them out of Brownsville, and we're just a port of entry for their final, a different destination. To us, it's important to get people in and out as safely and efficiently as possible. That's our motto, not to shelter, not to have them stay. Um, because that's not their goal either. So, you know, we want to get them as efficiently and safely in a humanitarian way uh, to wherever they need to be going. Helen Ramirez is our city manager for the city of Brownsville. They set up a processing center and intake and exit center on city land. Uh, They set that up because of a huge influx of illegal immigrants and migrants, Border Patrol asking for the assistance. Now, the emergency declaration, as you said, Helen, that allows the city, because of it's a something that goes on record, the tents, the equipment, uh, are you, you, what, did the guys set up like a shower facility as well, a uh, place for, for food as well at, at that city area? It allows for all of that to be reimbursed. Do you have any idea how many thousands of people you helped Last week, Border Patrol telling me that they saw an influx of up to about 20,000 people last two weeks in April in Brownsville area alone. Do you have any idea, any confirmation from Border Patrol so far, how many folks have been processed at that site? 
Well, there's been a lot of numbers. There, there's numbers that are regional. So I want you to just, uh, when you report on the numbers, uh, please come, keep in mind that Chief Chavez will look at regional numbers. So mm-hmm. sometimes those numbers aren't just only Brownsville. What I, what I do see is, you know, um, I think yesterday was about 1,400. Um, you know, one day uh, that was the most concerning was um, of 2,700, 2,100. But, you know, I was there that day and I saw they're all very, it's very peaceful. It's very even single file line. I mean, I have to give it, uh, you know, I'm very, we've been working really well. I mean, you'll hear Chief Chavez say that she's never seen such a quick response, right? I mean, we are one of the safest cities um, in the nation. We've recently been ranked on the top 20 safest cities. We want to continue um, in that. We have a, an exceptional law enforcement with Gray and EMS. We have our own, you know, we're fortunate to have our own health department, just even spraying for mosquitoes. Um, we have that ability in-house. So. Um, I think the disaster declaration, you know, just the word in itself, I understand um, people, um, you know, can think of, uh, you know, the worst, but but it's really just to say, let us have, let us keep doing um, this efficiently, effectively, um, and ensuring that, you know, our general fund is also protected. And because we have um, the state of Texas emergency management and mm-hmm. FEMA both assisting us. And, and it's a way, and, it, and if you, you know, it's just having that cal- collaboration. We talk about one city strong. Um, you'll see that as a city manager and I'm seeing one region strong. And so I really, um, I, I just commend everyone, you know, even the nonprofits, you know, everyone's just putting their, their work, but in a very coordinated and organized way, which is what we want to do. All right. Helen, thank you for the update. Our city manager for Brownsville, Helen Ramita. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Economic update. Status report for our family in Harlingen. Gabriel Gonzalez is our city manager for Harlingen. Let's start with some of the construction numbers that you see of late, Gable. What's going on in Harlingen? Well, uh, so far, year-to-date, we've issued uh, building permits with a value of over $100 million, which is wonderful for the city. That includes both residential and commercial construction. What do you have most of? Is it is it the commercial side or, or what? What's going on? Right now, we've got four automobile retailers that are under construction, and in about a month and a half, we'll have a fourth one. 
three under construction now, one one soon to come. And then we have a major sporting goods store that's constructing a 60,000-square-foot retail facility. So right now, retail commercial numbers are really strong. And retail, I'm, I'm sorry, residential is keeping up with that also. I mean, okay. we've got three subdivisions that are going fast and furious right now. Yeah, let me flesh out the whole retail thing. You guys snuck in an Ollie's there over the past uh, several months. I didn't realize we had opened another one, another store here in South Texas. Is that one at the yeah. mall, at the, at the property there at the freeway? Yes, it is. That's very nice. All right. Yeah. So are yeah. we turning things around at the mall? Do we? Can we expect other retailers to show up here pretty soon? Well, we hope so. Obviously, the mall is under private ownership. We've been trying to work with them to try to get to get that moving in the right direction. So we reached yeah. out to them several times. Um, and so, uh, as you know, parts of the mall have been sold. Uh, Dillard's, the uh, the old uh, Marvin's, uh, JCPenney, uh, those sections of the mall have been sold to private owners. Okay. But the rest of it is still a group. So. Okay. Is it still a mix of office space or training space and retail, whatever is left of the mall there? Because um, I remember last time we yeah, had, we had we, some call center or something like that. Yes, we did. We have we have uh, well, there's a, a task of which is uh, uh, it is a, com- a computer software uh, backup. It they provide services to that industry. Uh, they've also got some retail. And they've also got some restaurants still in the mall. So yeah. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for Harlingen, getting a status report on economic activity. You mentioned one uh, other retailer headed this way. They're, they're building there in the area. Any other economic development news uh, worth mentioning at the moment? We keep uh, moving forward. Um, we met with a developer from Austin last week here in Harlingen who was looking at the area, uh, looking to develop some residential mixed use. Uh, so we hope that that comes out in the future. Um, We've got a few prospects that we're talking to now. Uh, as you know, there's a Dutch Brothers uh, being built right now. Uh, there may be a second one going up pretty soon. Uh, so, yeah, lots of retail activity right now, which is great. I, I still need to visit the Dutch Brothers over here in the McAllen area. Does their coffee really taste that different to have a mile long line as, as soon as they <laughs> as soon as they open? <laughs> hey, what can you tell me about the? Uh, they're at the airport, the big warehouse where we need to fill some space with the aerospace firm that might be leaving over the next many months. That's correct. United Launch Alliance is leaving, um, and we're working with uh, several leads to try to get that phase filled up. We've also reached out to the governor's office, reached out to our local reps here, both at the state and in Washington, to try to help us out to get some clients in that area. Uh, Marv Easterly, the director of the airport, was at a trade show last week uh, making contact with some possible uh, uh, tenants of that, that building in. So the future looks bright for that building. It's just a matter of time before we actually land somebody to go in there. Gabriel Gonzalez, our city manager for Harlingen, the sales tax performance for Harlingen. What do you see? What's the trend right now? The end of uh, March, we were up 9.71%, which is great from the previous year. So far for this year, we're up 4% over last year. And we're on, we're on mark to surpass hopefully last year's numbers. We were at about $31 million, $31,700,000 in retail, uh, sales tax last year. So we're hoping to pass that number this year. Okay. I know that the comptroller's numbers, uh, the report lags by about by, by 60 days, I think. So you said this was the, the one that they produced end of March, which would be the numbers for January. Am I correct? For, for, for February. For February. Okay. So February, pretty good sales. Yeah. All right. For, yeah. for Valentine's Day. Uh, City Hall. 
Uh, top project right now, one or two that we're working on that we should know about. Right now, obviously, we've got our, our mayor's state of the city address that's coming up pretty soon in June, June 15th, so make plans to attend. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be uh, uh, the first state of the city for Mayor Sepulveda. Um, we've also got a couple of projects that we're working on um, right now as well. I, I can't divulge what, what they are, but uh, we're, we're trying to make those a reality. So we've got lots of things happening right now at City Hall. When you say project, are you talking about infrastructure? Or are you talking about negotiations for more business arrival job creation uh no this is infrastructure infrastructure, infrastructure project, project we're working on thank you gabe for the update you be safe we'll call you again bro absolutely take care have a great day our city manager for harland and gabriel gonzalez You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids are running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Elvira Alonso. She's in charge of all the trucks and the, all the the recycling and all the stuff in McAllen. Miss Elvira, how are you, friend? I'm doing good. I'm blessed. Thank God. How are you doing? Amen. Same thing. Okay, so we had this good. storm on Saturday morning overnight. What a mess. We had brush and debris and branches and all sorts of all over the place. I understand uh, you told the crew, uh, everybody working overtime, I guess, working a little more hours. So tell me about how you've changed operations for that specific, the specific departments in the city that will be in charge of picking up, cleaning up, and, and all that. What, what can you tell me? Sure, absolutely. So we've got the brush crews, and uh, we've asked our streets and drainage department crews to also help out. So they're working from 7 to 6 p.m. every day. And uh, we're also, um, we've started doing one sweep of the city. We're going to go back every two weeks and, and do three passes of the city okay. to ensure that we that we get as much as we can. So we're asking the community to be uh, a little patient with us while we do the first sweep. We've got, uh, we've divided the city into several um, several sections so that we attack it, um, divide and conquer, basically. Okay. And uh, we are also offering extended hours at our recycling center. Our system drop-off is open from uh, Monday through Friday. We're extending it from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and on Saturdays, uh, 8 to 3 p.m. Again, this is We're just for McAllen, right? This is just for McAllen and the recycling. Yeah, if you show up with a truck full of branches and debris and brush that you need to get rid of, and you take it over to the recycling center, they will ask you for an ID. You can you you can drop it off there if you live in McAllen. That's why you're going to need your your driver's license, right? It's a restricted only to McAllen. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. It yeah. is. All right. It, um, it really is. You We're know, trying to take care of our community. I don't recall who it was, either Edinburgh or Brownsville. We we spoke with somebody else. And they said, "Hey, remind everyone." Uh, yeah, it was EOC um, uh, Brownsville. They said, "Remind everybody to separate metal and other hard stuff from the brush. Like if you leave it there in front of your house, 
you get make sure to separate the debris, right? Because I would imagine that the McAllen yeah. crews will, will only pick up branches and brush, right? And leave any metal, any other uh, nasty day, like glass or debris, right? We'll leave it there yes. on the curb. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. It's really important that, that the community separates it because the brush is being taken to a special location. We asked the state to give us authorization for a temporary disposal site, and uh, we're picking up only brush the first go-around because that then is, is shredded and made it made into uh, our mulch products. Mm-hmm. Director so, of... Um, yeah. My guest is Director of Public Works in McAllen, Ms. Elvira Alonso. They're expanding hours and pickup. Now, I, and I recall that map. I, I just don't remember which week of the month. Like, for example, up where I live, north uh, northwest McAllen, uh, the city's already divvied up into areas like once a week. You get the big trucks out there and picking up the branches and the brush. But it's all over town. You right. said you've expanded it. Now, does the map look different? Did you post it online, or is it just? Yeah, we're. Yeah, it, it's the, the map we we currently are are, are fine tuning it. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we we we're complete with it, we're going to post it so people will know where we are and what to expect and what week to to understand and know where we're going to be there. Yeah. Um, but it's like now, everybody, has entire, brush, everybody has brush, Elvita. Everybody has brush and yes, branches. Yes. And, and uh, how about wood planks? You know, a lot of these fences were blown over, were obliterated. C- c- is that wood also acceptable with the branches? Can you put that mixed in with the branches and, and the brush? Well, unfortunately, not at this time because okay. many of those fences have uh, are treated, and that'll mm. that will um, that will contaminate our. Our mulch products. There we go. That's a very good. Remember, people, because I know a lot of neighbors. Oh, man, those fences all over the place. Yeah, it's wood, but it has paint on it, or it's treated for water, or the nails, too. A bunch of nails inside all that. That, That's not good for the mulch product. Is there anything else you want folks to know know, as far as uh, the branches, the the pickup of of all that? I know. Is is your department, is your uh, public works department also that department that fixes the traffic lights, because some of these traffic lights got blown all over the place or twisted. Oh no, that's the traffic department. Oh, the, traffic. Trans- the traffic department is has been working around the clock also to get all those back. Okay. Um, in order. So, you, but that's a different department. That's Eduardo Mendoza. Ten four. And Marlene. All right. No. Yes, sir. We ask the community to be patient and uh, also thank them for for uh, for uh, working alongside us and and being good partners. Should we with, expect, uh, uh, because everybody has branches and, and wood in front of their house, should we expect the crews uh, at Public Works to go ahead and just do an entire sweep of the city first and then come back to a, a normal schedule? Or, like, how soon can we get all the stuff? Because that also creates rodent, you know, a rodent problem that's sitting outside. That's correct. In, in front of the city. Yeah, so, that's correct. And we totally understand that. So it's it's going to take us two weeks to just sweep weeks. the entire city, which is this week and next. Okay. And then we're going to come back and and sleep right. it again. We're going to do this three times just to ensure that we Terrific. don't miss anything. So more than likely, if they haven't seen you yet, more than likely within the next two weeks, you'll get a sweep. Somebody yeah, this week sweep or next. By. Yes, sir. All right. Anything else, Alita? Yes, sir. Anything else? That's it. Okay, Any friend. questions, give us a call. Thank you. Uh, again, you thanks for taking our God call. Bless. Director of Public Works, Elvira Alonso in McAllen. And again, if you're going to use the recycling center, the big recycling center in McCown to drop off all that brush, they will ask you for a license. Uh, you live in McCown? You live in McCown? 
Yeah. Otherwise, you'll need to use the county landfill. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.